0: Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Q Harrison Terry, also known as NFTQT, QT. And this episode of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for an extensive technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. You can get the NFT Handbook wherever books are sold. Now... Today is going to be a very interesting day, mainly because I'm going to talk about PFP projects. And if you're a listener of the show, you know that I'm not very fond of PFP projects, because I think that there's just way too many of them. It's really hard to track, and I think we've passed that era in the NFT landscape. However, there was one project that caught my mind here. I was able to link up with Ryan, and we were able to convince them to come on the show, and the project today that we're going to be talking about. It's called Rainbow Toilet Paper. Uh, Ryan, how, what do you think about this one?
1: Uh, I love it. I think I, I like their approach right from the start, kind of uh, clowning PFPs in general, um, but having, having some real substance to back it up. So I think it's going to be a, a, fun, a fun talk for sure.
0: For sure, for sure. So let's uh, welcome our guest, Joshua. I think he's in the building. And then we have Chair which is who is also in the building. Uh, we, we'll talk up to the chair about his name momentarily here, but let's make sure they're on the stream.
2: Thanks for having us.
3: <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. Very ha- Thank you for having us. Yes. Yes. So
0: chair, we, everyone wants to know, how'd you get that name?
3: So um, last year uh, during the pandemic mm-hmm. and when everyone was slowly descending into some sort of madness, um, there was a project they spun off of MemeCoin, which was uh, uh, like a Telegram airdrop coin as, as that craze sort of spread last year. Get in the Telegram, we're making a coin, we don't know where we're going, let's go. Uh, Meme coin was started by a bunch of Twitter, like crypto Twitter influencers, and a lot of Anons didn't get it. So they didn't get into the Telegram group. They didn't get the airdrop. They didn't get one of the 28K meme. Those anons said, and, and memes, uh, memes uh, slogan was don't buy meme. All of the anons that didn't get in said you didn't get the meme airdrop. Don't buy rope. Rope took off. <laughs> rope became a thing. I took the stance of rope has no value. Chairs have a much better use case. Can't have rope without a chair. That sort of stuck. Here we are, <laughs> lost. Oh, dark, got,
0: <laughs> a little bit dark. <laughs> we got, we got chair in the building. All right, and Joshua, you've got a, a different name, maybe biblical in its essence, but we're not gonna yeah, get the... into that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, chair, just let us know if 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 uh, if you've run out of rope. We we hope that you don't take it to that place. I know NFTs are stressful, but
0: we uh, we're good.
3: <laughs> Completely unaffiliated with that project.
0: Gotcha. gotcha. Now you are affiliated with Rainbow Rolls. Though. Rainbow and Rolls. Rainbow, Rainbow Rolls is a charitable PFP project where donors receive one of ten thousand cute toilet paper rolls, with over half of the funds being donated to Get Coin, Give ETH, and RIP Medical Debt. Where did this idea originate? And like, why toilet paper rolls, especially in the digital metaverse?
2: So there are two sides to the origin story um, that kind of came together. The first one uh, being uh, John Paller, who's the founder of Eat Denver, um, made BitConnect toilet paper for Eat Denver one of the years. Um, and that was what the primary toilet paper was in the Sports Castle bathrooms. Uh, and I have a role sitting on my desk. And so, you know, the concept of shitty things on toilet paper uh that stuck with me and then about a month ago or so uh hudson jameson had a tweet um, he was the community manager for the ethereum foundation great guy uh, he had a tweet about how he was selling all of his bitcoin for eth because of x y and z and a uh, bitcoin maxi who's also a friend uh stephen cole um responded by saying uh he's selling all of his eth for toilet paper because it's uh uh deflationary currency and i responded with uh, the only joke that's ever been successful on twitter for me uh that at least toilet paper is deflationary <laughs> and nice. those those two things came together and um the the pfp is people were they were minting such garbage and they were very blatant cash grabs and people were buying these 0.05s and flipping them for 0.1s 2xing on just nothing um and so we're like all right let's take all these concepts put it together put some cute art onto toilet paper, but instead of a cash grab, we're going to funnel those uh, profits to public goods. It's a good route. I I think like we're, we're starting to see a lot
1: more of it, like the charitable component bringing into PFPs. um, And obviously, so, you know, it hasn't dropped yet, but by the time everybody here is listening to it, it will have already dropped, I guess, how are you guys thinking about just like sustaining the momentum of like charity meets NFT? Because I think we've seen it not, not a whole ton of times, but like one in particular that I, I I really enjoyed was the lobby lobsters. They, you know, they raised like 3 million or something. um, And it was all for lobbying efforts. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that at all, but like, you know, did great on the mint, got all this money to, to funnel towards a good nonprofit organization. And then, Now the floor price, like nobody really wants to trade them essentially. And I guess my question is like charity meets PFP. Obviously you guys want to sustain the
2: momentum. You don't want it just to end after the mint. How are you guys thinking about that? So there are a couple different ways that we're going to be going about it. Um, on our roadmap, we have a pretty cool V2 idea that'll be coming out. Um, holding one of the originals is going to be, uh, a factor in being able to access the, the second version. Um, and inside of that, you've got all different kinds of, of game theory and game mechanics where uh, you're encouraged to hold it um, depending on. So the team that we put together was actually top talent from around the space. Uh, and I, we were fortunate enough to be able to borrow them for the five weeks that we had, the, giving us their nights and weekends. Um, depending on how much time we're going to be able to, to grab from them, there's a, there's a really cool mechanic that we're trying to build that would um, enter you into a sort of lottery every time uh, you buy or sell one, which keeps the volume up. Uh, and having them continue to move continues to raise funds because in perpetuity, 20% is gonna go to RIP medical debt, 16.5% is gonna go to give, giveth, 16.5% will go to uh, Gitcoin. And they'll just be ongoing. So every time you buy or sell one, you, can, you know that you are doing something for public goods.
3: Hmm. Yeah, at the, at the least, the the secondary sales and making sure that it, like all of the all of the funds do go through the same loop from the mint and into the secondary sales. They're all it's all going to be distributed through the same pathway. Which, like at minimum, the funds will be continuing to be distributed. The DAO will continue to allocate. People will be giveth will be um, receiving funds Gitcoin, and so on so at least that is and as we people are excited as, as as we're approaching the mint this Sunday I've been having conversation with the devs that are very excited about the the prospect of of what we where we can go from here and so uh, one thing I'm excited about that sort of seems to happen in this space and in life is that people I think what we're doing with Rainbow Rolls is it's not it's probably not the first time, but people people are responding in ways like, of course, you're of course, this is the way you're approaching this. Of course, you take it and distribute. Of course, this is the logical way to do something like this, although it hasn't been, um, I I think, with Lobby Lobsters. Yeah, it hasn't been done before. But by the way, Lobby Lobsters, I love a good alliterative Name for a benevolent project: Rainbow Rolls, Lobby Lobsters. We need to connect. Um, Alliteration is great. <laughs> was also,
0: yeah, was also the Liddy token. Did you you all see that one? Oh, so there's a there's a there's a, there's a litty coin or Liddy token. But basically, you buy it, and they're gonna allow. It. It's like they're ra- you raising money. Very similar to Lobby Lobsters, where you, it's litigation. Like ah, it's like well, a, I'm gonna. I,
2: I think one of the the most important parts to this is community. I mean, it's why all of us are here in any of the things we do in DAOs, DeFi, NFTs. Um, and being able to like harness a community sex- successfully for a, a stated goal. Um, I was on a panel at MCON where we were talking about the concept of lobbying and why we haven't really been super successful. We don't have to go all the way down the rabbit hole, but... Um, lobbying is about politics and trying to get legislators to do something that you want with public funds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of us are, none of us really are one issue voters. We don't all care about crypto. So as soon as, and I, I had a startup before this, BitBlue, that was going to give um, Bitcoin donations to uh, politicians. Um, but one of the things that we kept coming across was, if I give you money into this pool, into this DAO, if that money ends up going to Ted Cruz, I'm going to be very upset. Like, <laughs> but Ted Cruz is one of the strongest voices in favor of cryptocurrency, and a broken clock is right twice a, twice a day. And, uh, you know, do you fund the clock all of the rest of the time because he's right on this one issue that we happen to care about? Um, and the reason that these lobbying efforts haven't gotten more successful is because we haven't answered that question yet.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I want to talk to you about like, not just the lobbying in general, but the way I've seen PFP projects kind of evolve is, is it's is twofold. First, it started off as a cool way to create, you know, a lot of NFTs and, and, and just kind of replicate the success that happened with CryptoPunks and, other early stage nft projects then we got to a point where it just got too extensive and like everyone had a pfp project but while we were seeing that happen you know crypto punk sport Ape yacht club uh, i would even say the pudgy penguins they all have created this macrocosm of social status right if i have a profile picture and it is a you know mm. eight zero zero two three uh people are going to be like yo that's ape0023 and like you know there's a sense of community in that there's a bit of a flex within that but now we're getting to a point where you're taking the same concept in and spinning it so that way if i have a rainbow toilet paper nft in my wallet it's almost like i'm flexing as like a as a charitable donor right like i'm a philanthropist, absolutely right and like That's an interesting concept. That's also the reason why I was like, all right, cool. You guys can come on the show is because I think that this this is sustainable, right? Like it's no different than if I give money to, you know, my high school or my university and they say in exchange for your five thousand dollar gift, we'll give you a brick. And so then whenever I go back, you know, for homecoming or just for whatever reason, you know, I can go point at my brick and say, hey, y'all, I supported this school. Here's my brick. But I can't take that brick with me. In my wallet, I can take that yeah. with me and display it however I want.
2: So to make a dated reference, um, buying one rainbow roll is putting one more brick in the wall.
0: There you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: that's um, that. Yeah, that's, that's precisely uh, what, we were, what we were kind of realizing in the beginning is this, this can be a signal of your benevolence. And um, once you have the asset in your wallet, and it's something that we're doing as far as our pre-sale functionality of making sure that with the, there's projects that we're aligned with or that we're a part of or that we just like, and we would like uh, to them to have, you know, holders and that community to have access to the premint. Um, we're checking their balance in their wallet. Do you hold this NFT? or this ERC-20 of, of mm-hmm. this amount, which is uh, fun from a developer perspective and something that people can
2: continue on. You and know check.
0: That, that's crazy, because that's like KYC, but reverse. It's kind of like...
2: It's you're- permissionless. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Proof of donation or yeah. proof of public goods. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of gangster. But it's not snapshotted either. So if you wanted to get onto the whitelist, which this is now retroactive, but... Um, and you don't have 500 bright in your wallet, you can just go buy 200, 300, 400, 500 bright, and then once you have it in your wallet, now you're able to access the pre mint. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty that's pretty sick. Which <laughs> is pump metals for our partners who are not involved in that directly, um, but what well, we wanted to like help their projects in uh, in their communities and being able to have the, some sort of utility so- benefit. Talk
0: to me about the marketing here. Cause I think that this is an interesting case and I haven't seen this, this angle done. I've seen airdrops where you need to have like three of the same project in, in order to receive the drop, but I haven't seen this exact use case. What was the, what, tell me what the thinking was there.
2: There's a, uh, well, ease of, ease of contract implementation is, is one of the, the things Um we also set the limits uh, that they're they're about the same in terms of uh, dollar value, to which if, if you're not holding it, you'd be able to buy your way into the mint by supporting our partners. Um, so there's a little bit of uh, gamification there. Um, we were just kind of trying to build it. People kept asking us, what's this whitelist? Where's the whitelist? Where's the whitelist? And we're like, why does there need to be a whitelist? Like.
0: Now, how many how many people <laughs> do you think need to be whitelisted in order to like and make a successful PFP project today?
3: It depends, I think it depends on a lot of factors. Um, the community going into it, um, the type of promotion and the direction people are taking. like I've seen PFP literally. A PFP project that was back like by one artist who had some developer support and it didn't sell out, but it sold out about four thousand of ten thousand of the and this is like basically as one man operation as it can get. Um and the marketing, you know, they he has a community of about a hundred people that you know, like this is the community and, and it grows from there. And then there's mutant apes that, you know, was just a juggernaut from the very, very beginning because you had to have an ape and some other combo of stuff. That was a massive
2: cash grab. Yeah. Oh man, well, I just <laughs> want to say like I'm a big fan of <laughs> Board Ape Yacht Club. I had a I had an ape for a while and the mutants were just ugly. But like people paid 2.9 ETH, 2.7 ETH just and it was like what a 90 million dollar raise.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about these these cash grabs, right? And what we're seeing on our end is we had uh, we had Daisy from Dirt. Um, I don't know if you all are familiar with Dirt. Um, it's a uh, so Dirt is probably the first NFT backed uh, media organization. They have a newsletter, but they they fund all of their efforts through these NFT drops and sales. And so, uh, thinking about how the like you talk about cash grabs, it's like ninety million. That's like a financing round in a, in the corporate world, right? Like maybe that's a Series D. Or um, <laughs> yeah, like, right, like you're getting, you're getting down on that, that list. But, you know, if, if that's how we're looking at this stuff, then I can see why you would need the cash. And if you can get the cash from your community, why not? Because you don't lose any equity. And, and if anything, it creates more value, ideally, for your community. Is that something that uh, you all are thinking about? Because it's like, hey, you know, if this, if this first drop successful, you know, four or five drops from now, you might be one of the largest donors to some of these organizations that you're giving funds to.
2: We're we're actually looking to be one of the largest. Ne- so uh, in terms of debt wiped just from RIP medical debt, if we do, if we mint out and there's minimal secondary sales, um, it'll be about 2% of all of the debt that they've been able to wipe, which would be wow. really cool. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, John Oliver did a piece on debt like, four or five years ago, uh, buying up medical debt and then waiving it. And he made fun of like Oprah and giving away the cars to say, because that was like an $8 million uh, (laughs) giveaway. And he's like, we're going to beat that. And so they gave away way more than that. And uh, I think we'd like to, he's also very critical of cryptocurrency. So I think if we could co-opt a cause that he was in favor of supporting and also show him that NFTs and crypto can be used for good, uh, I think that'd be a really cool secondary benefit to, I think it's like $100 million worth of medical debt that we'd be wiping away.
0: Wow. Wow. And that, and, and, and then how do you all make money? Because I think that you know, there's also a lot of distrust in these charitable organizations, right? Oftentimes when you get to the top and you start to look at it, you find out that the CEO makes X amount of millions and you know, does the dollar you give really go to the kid that you thought you were helping how are you yeah. thinking about transparency because at the the crux of all of this de- this is is decentralization and yeah. and and then that you you do want to be transparent you do want to you know tell a story but at Absolutely. the same time you all have families and you know chair needs chairs and there's just a there's a world where yeah. you guys got to eat too
2: we we yeah we did so um a lot of the the team members that we were able to pull um we we had to compensate for them time compensate them for their time um and i don't really think about it as making money so much as reimbursing them for donating not donating but but giving their time for uh for what is a pretty good cause um i think the team overall is getting 30% uh and it's it's a decent chunk but it's nothing compared to the amount that we're giving away which is uh
3: 60 something 66% 66% overall is going to charity to, to RIP, get coin, give ETH, and the, the there's a 10% DAO allocation where the DAO on a monthly basis will be making decisions whether to – because some things can happen in the moment. The Afghanistan crisis was the thing we were talking about as it was happening sort of live during our planning session was we should save a, a percentage to be able mm-hmm. to move on things in the moment to sort of do like direct – action yeah. as immediate as we can but the 30 percent for the team which um you know some
2: some team members it's a large are, team too it's like 20 something members of 21 the team. people <laughs> um which yeah yeah a lot of these uh pfp projects are like two three guys who are splitting a couple mil um
3: mm-hmm. we don't... but the the quality of the team is something i can't understate and the type of people the type of people and the projects that they're all affiliated with outside of this ranges it's it's um, it really yeah, is like we, we pulled in the pest of the pests of how Yeah, we
2: had we had uh, one of the top designers over at raid guild we had some devs from badger um, the the founder of uh, of ls dow a couple of the, the guys sitting from, with uh, us the, now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, a couple of guys from define pixel society um Gitcoin, TFA yeah Metagame yeah. like uh, Metafactory just it was a it was a great collaboration from from all over the place I know that wasn't your question but <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: like when it comes to just the team right because building a team is, is not something to be scoffed at right That's probably one of the hardest if not the hardest part of getting bringing an idea to life right It's like how do you distill the concept down to something that is 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 understood and easily interpreted yeah. by other people. And when you get to that point, you now have this team that you can do incredible things with. You have this one dao that you're you're thinking about, and you have this uh, rainbow TP. But have you thought about sharing the resources? Because there's other non-for-profits out there that might want to you know copy your model i mean essentially that's what pfp is is you know you have one person taking a, another person's idea copying it and just run, running it but i think you could kind of have this chain reaction amongst yeah. which in the charitable space where you take what you've done and said hey anyone can kind of replicate this you just have to build the team right.
3: we open source the framework for rainbow rolls so that any charity can jump on it and just have the like minimum elements that they need to change to make it their own and go, so that yeah, that's a really good idea.
2: Yeah, open open sources. Well, I think our contracts are open source. They, well, yeah, um, I think but, we, yeah, need partner. a playbook though.
0: Yeah, like yeah, like marketing it and then like I mean leading it because there's so many causes where you know there. I think the greatest thing that ever happened uh, when it comes to just uh, the democratization of, of media right so the internet brought forth this whole wave where uh, you can have a voice and you saw sites emerge like World star hip-hop you saw YouTube emerge and vloggers and personalities and mm-hmm. uh, so many different entities right in that you were able to learn about things that might have never ever got mainstream attention right like this give medical or the uh, RAP medical debt, where yeah. does it get mainstream attention when if Colbert's not talking about it? Uh,
2: ironically, it was a, I think it was a Wall Street Journal article that I Googled. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the um, but this actually goes to a pretty good point. Um, we were looking for ways to maintain the Web3 ethos. We were talking about who to give the money to. Um, and the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation came up, and they're good. Um, but then we started talking about research and like, should it be kidney cancer or renal cancer or whatever that we start focusing on? Who are we going to give the money for research to? And we're like, we're Web3. Why would we give money to a research institute? Let's just give money to people who need it. Uh, and so we're like, all right, let's see if we, you can just buy medical debt, right? We heard about that on John Oliver. So we started Googling and we're like, all right, how do you buy medical debt? And these guys popped up and we're like, don't do it yourself. We get a bulk discount because we've built an economy of scale for this. Uh, so if you give us $1, we can wipe about $100 worth of medical debt. So I started looking and I was like, I could get one for 10, maybe. So one for 100? Hell yeah. Let's wipe as much medical debt as possible.
1: So there's there's a part of this too, where like, ideally, Rainbow TP or Rainbow Roll. How do you guys like to pre- like, say it? Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow rolls? rolls. So okay, the, the, Rainbow DAO rolls. Is,
2: the DAO is NFTP, which is non-fungible toilet paper. And the project... Yeah project number one is Rainbow Rolls.
1: Okay, so like, obviously there's an element to this where you want to see Rainbow Rolls become a status symbol in and of itself, where as soon as somebody sees, you know, this person changed their profile picture to, you know, a Rainbow Roll, yeah. that it, it, it associates with some sort of feeling. Like, you know, we know that uh, with 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 punks and, and apes and cool cats, yada, 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 it's like, it's just purely status, a flex, you know, like you were early or you were late regardless, you own a valuable thing, you want to create like a status, right? Where as soon as somebody sees that they associate with something, right? Like where, where, where does, where does that take you guys like in the headspace? Cause like, you want to obviously have rainbow roles be associated with, oh, this is a benevolent person, you know, like they're, they're giving money away and they're not just spending, you know, spending money on themselves. Like how, how do you manufacture a social status? Like, cause otherwise it just dies after the mint, right?
3: Yeah, I, I would hope like what I've been trying, from from my perspective, is people that like are aggressively serious about donating to public goods and and wiping away medical debt. So sort of the not aggressively, but like we're very serious about um, about helping, but having a good time as well. Like if you look at if you look at the roles, they're completely ridiculous, you know, uh, like and the percent. concept like is them. completely ridiculous. And at the same time, uh, we're gonna do. A ridiculous amount of good and hopefully and, and make a ridiculous impact with like, you know, so, it's, it's so mm-hmm.
2: by constantly reminding people how much good they're doing. Um, like we're, we're going to have a monthly meeting where we distribute the funds from the multi-sig into the various DAOs that we have for uh, for Gitcoin and Giveth. And there's a 10% that's going into a charity DAO where anybody who's holding one of the rainbow rolls will get to vote on where that those funds go um so like building that community having those meetings and um well i guess only being invited to those meetings if you're holding one so you'll be able to see who is in the room with you um and then uh, part of our bd is to try to make sure that rainbow roles are included in future white lists so it's like these guys these people who and women these people who have Rainbow rolls in their wallet have done something for public goods. They should be retroactively rewarded, which goes back to what Vitalik's uh, current stream of ideas about right now is retroactively funding public goods.
1: Yeah, well, there was like there's a there was a pretty good tweet that I liked. Uh, um, I think it was what the heck's his name? Uh, he goes by Punk like nine one five nine or Santiago. I think his name is and he had like his idea is like you know in the same in the same way that nfts can represent what you're interested in and you know what you know fr- from just a, a purely visual community perspective you're interested in or ideas it could also just be like a public record of accountability which is basically like this is your this is your like ongoing uh, you know, nonprofit charitable wallet where you can show, hey, this is what I did and gave to you at some point. Like, you know, like to Q's point where, you know, a, a brick on a walkway somewhere, you can't take it with you. Um, so like Rainbow Rolls is, it can be a badge of honor in a sense. Do you, yeah. do you think that like, inevitably other charities are going to get in and they're going to create their own PFP projects and they're going to kind of, you know, copy the swagoo, the swag sauce, if you will. Um, Do you see, like, there being, like, some semblance of, like, these are the type of, like, this is a visual element that means this is a charitable NFT, and this is not one. Like, could you ever see an instance where, like, we have a whole new, like, uh, like a check mark or something that's like, this is a, this is something for a good social cause? Or do you think that it just has to kind of, they all have to live in their own
3: universe? How do you validate it in a decentralized way is the first question that comes up. Because I yeah, think like awesome. you could have fact checkers, but then it's like, okay, but who are the fact checkers? And then, yeah, uh, uh, so, and then there's
2: future yeah. accountability based off of like the multi-sig. So uh, in terms of the question you asked earlier about transparency, yeah, the funds are going into a multi-sig because that's the most convenient and it's secure. Um, but everything is on chain. So people are gonna know if we don't spend the money on what we said we were going to send the money to. Mm-hmm. And then all of our reputations, which is like twenty people, just gone like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the that's the most um it's a, but it is trackable. You, but to your question, how do you how do you maintain that? And if somebody does something wrong with the multi – You've got this blue check mark. Who's the who's got their finger on the blue check mark? Is it OpenSea, which is mm-hmm. a VC owned thing? I don't. That's where it would be most valuable, but is that where it should be? I see a lot of people working on this problem.
3: I think it, like MetaGame, I know for sure, and others are working. It's like we're building a metaverse. It has to be. If it's all decentralized, it still has to be. um You know, the pieces have to mesh. We have to be able to take our profiles from here to here and have the same thing and. You know, like and so that we have some solutions with this with three box and um Dow House does a really good job just on top of my head, like an app that integrates all of the different things together and, and the, puts it all in one package, right? Um, and that's a more decentralized thing. But like that, I, I don't I, I don't think I have an answer, but that's what's interesting about this space and this is that for people like we can be speaking complete gibberish. To folks that have not been following the NFT PFP thing, but are like this far removed. Like the maybe somebody that's deeper into the technical side of Ethereum that's working out, like they could like everything for the last 30 minutes could be like, what are they talking about? But they could mm-hmm. be this far removed. Eh, I don't know. At this point, like maybe everything's a little intermeshed. But if that makes sense, like we're we're still such in our own little corner. Now it's like when I somebody at MCON told me I was the first person to sell X NBA player their board ape or their or their punk i don't remember and i'm like i'm living in a in a wacky world mm-hmm. right now it's like that's a flex like somebody which is which is which is cool <laughs> and i gotta say but he's like i well how I do was you the prove first?
2: it's true too and like so uh, me, everything's right gucci slippers so no I no but just like everything's it. anon like there's i doubt it significantly that zero nba players owned uh one of the Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't even know, like, you know, for all we
1: know, Derek Rose was buying, you know, crypto punks back in 2016. And he has the biggest, you know, the punk, the biggest punk wallet, you know, like,
2: you never know. Cause it's the way anonymous stuff works. And that's exactly. why his career fell off. Not injuries.
3: <laughs> yeah. he was he just stopped caring man. as a bulls fan. Like I'm
1: all for all of the, uh, the you know, the, the crazy uh, stories and stuff, because I need some way to conceptualize why he was not the next Michael I, Jordan. Yeah. I haven't watched
2: the, you got the number 23 on. I haven't watched since he retired the second time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's a it's a different NBA today, but besides the point, I know Q, Q's like, what are these dudes talking about NBA for now? <laughs> oh, no, 23,
0: we couldn't help it. We were looking at 23 the whole time. Yeah. Uh-uh. So it's over. But, you know, the one thing I will say on that is, you know, we do have to shout out if we're going to talk about the NBA, NBA Top Shot. We probably would not be here today talking about NFTs. They've not got the initial public interest that they did.
3: That's true. And I, how is that doing at this point? <laughs> like, I mean, the,
0: the problem there, I think, is that they, they, I think they're on the Flow blockchain, if I remember yes. correctly. And like the, the liquidity thing is is something that I don't think a lot of people at that time were thinking about. They didn't know that, you know, the Beeple sale would go on and all this outside money would pump into it. And I think for when they built it, it was probably a genius model because, you know, no one was thinking about, wallets and nfts and how to exchange and do all that and this same problem is true for axie a, a very another very successful project except for axie was smart and they said hey there's going to be two wallets there's going to be that ronin wallet and there's going to be your OpenSea wallet or just your traditional metamask whatever metamask, right yeah. and and, and uh, you can exchange those assets between the two. So I thought that, that that's genius because it creates a way for the liquidity to happen. So if you want to sell an Axie, even though it's going to be level one when you start over, uh, yeah. you, you can still sell that Axie and create like this external marketplace. Uh, Topshot has not figured that out yet. And I think by the time they do figure it out, I don't know oh. if the original collector base that they had will still be as pumped and like their community is a lot different than some of the communities that we're seeing behind. Some I don't
2: think things. that I don't think that flow is EVM compatible. Yeah, yeah I mean, the well, last time I checked, it wasn't. But Ronin was developed specifically with that in mind to maintain that interoperability with I was initially critical of them moving off of Ethereum, but it, it totally makes sense. A hundred percent to you should be hitting the main chain for, for all those micro transactions that they do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess like the question though is like with all the developer interest that we have now, and like how how scarce, uh, so solidity, uh, solidity developers are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what's gonna happen is we're gonna see a lot of things change in the next uh, just two to three years, as far as what was true or what wasn't true, and interoperability standards and. Um, Because, I mean, we even have developers working on how to take the assets, like some of the first NFTs off the Bitcoin blockchain, and wrap those and create value for um, the people that are participating on the ER721 side. Uh, Not a lot of progress, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next year or two. Yeah. And again, I guess on on that note, we've gotten so far off basis and we're running out of time. Um, (laughs) I think we should just end on
2: that. I have got a few things to plug if we're <laughs> uh,
0: Go ahead, go ahead. Before we before we go, uh, what, what what would you like to plug?
2: Um so at the end of October, uh Eth Denver is going to be dropping a PFP that is very well done. Uh the art the artist that we've had with Eth Denver since the beginning, um who created the original Buffalo Corns. Um and actually I'm wearing a this is not the style, but uh this is <laughs> just nice. The, the, yeah. Um it's uh there'll be 10,000 of them. Uh, it'll be dropping right right in the, into uh NFT NYC. And those will be going to help fund Eat Denver Down and, and keep Eat Denver free forever. Uh it's the biggest conference that doesn't charge for participation.
0: Got it. Got it. I'll be at NFT NYC. Uh I'm throwing an event on November 3rd. It's a very private exclusive event, so just well I'll invite you
2: after the fact. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. Hey, you're gonna invite me after this call or after the <laughs> oh, after, after the event, after over. the party after the party. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna send you pictures. pictures. No. We had a party yesterday. I want to invite you to.
1: <laughs> hey, that's we'll send you the NFT video recap.
2: <laughs> well, that sounds more like a project that you guys would be
0: interested in anyway. I mean, like looking at NFTs after the fact, looking at participation after the fact.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. It's something I didn't get into, but uh, like oh, the web, of uh, we're going to be able to, with a little dev time and Moxie and Greece, be able to see where the funds went to from the multi-sig and out and we'll be able to draw the Gitcoin projects they went to, the giveeth projects, RIP Medical Debt, um, less Web3 native, but hopefully, that the, seems like they want to come right on board and start, and start doing things immediately. Um, and it's been really fun to see how enthused they are. So, we'll be able to see well at the very least we're going to be able to see exactly where this money went what it went towards in the projects and hopefully in the future i um i know that everyone is very stoked to have been working on this we're we're ready to mint very soon here um so i no think you'll be seeing airs. more from yeah and we so, will have
2: made RIP medical debt millions of dollars so yeah
3: so we'll have hopefully impacted nine figures of medical debt and we'll be we'll be pretty um you, you, you. i'm motivated to follow up
0: you're already legends in my book but you'll be cemented in history as legends so uh crypto <laughs> legends and, and we'll have to celebrate that at nyc nfc or nft nyc
2: <laughs> Look forward to seeing you there